0: This episode of That Song From That Movie is coming up after this.
1: Hey there, this is Frankie Sparks. And this is Skye Eisenberg. We are Shoot the Flick. Yes, an official Paradoja podcast. Every Wednesday, Scott and I introduce each other to a brand spanking new movie that the other one has never seen. We talk about it, give our thoughts on it, and also share some behind-the-scenes fun facts. We want you guys to come enjoy watching the movie with us. Yes, so check us out on Instagram and Twitter, at ShootTheClick. Check out our weekly episodes every single Wednesday on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio, and pretty much anywhere else you can find a podcast.
2: We hope you guys give us a listen soon.
1: Bye! I promise you, we are covering role models today, but the episode will take a slight detour when Alex starts complaining about the use of Pro Evo on the Xbox 360, so apologies in advance from that song from that movie. Sharkbait. bait Thank you for joining that song from that movie, the journey through the very best and worst of movie songs. I am your white, and therefore Ben Affleck, host Dietrich, and today we're joined by a man who likes to rock and roll all night and part of every day, Alex. Just part of every day. Yeah. Which is the night. It used to be the whole day, if I recall.
0: <laughs>
2: Once. It's locked down for you.
1: And you can't BS a BS a Ben. Try me. You can't. <laughs> Just impossible. What have you been watching this week?
2: I'm trying to work my way through Oscar-nominated films because at the time of recording, they have more or less been announced this week. So I watched The Sound of Metal yesterday, which was a really, really good film. And I also watched, even though it's not nominated for Best Picture, I watched One Night in Miami this week as well, which, I again, I also thought was a really good film and has a very good song in it. Well, we may cover one day. Possibly. Possibly, yes, by the legendary Leslie Odom Jr. There of you. Hamilton fame. <laughs>
1: there we go, another Hamilton reference on this podcast.
2: We need more Hamilton references to balance out the PUBG references
1: and the hairspray
0: uh, references. Blood oh, blow dry, sorry, not hairspray. <laughs> blow dry. are getting mixed up with
2: <laughs> <laughs> At least Hamilton has some form of relevance and reference to
1: this podcast, as opposed to PUBG. And Blowdry. Bl- well,
0: Blowdry is a film. Yeah, Blowdry is a and, film. And it came up organically last and week. And
1: PUBG has music, so... <laughs> and what have you been watching, Alex?
0: Just British crime dramas. <laughs> Unforgotten traces. <laughs> Line of Duty starts on some of this. It's prepping. It's prepping. Who is H? Who is <laughs> H? Well, that's a good question, dude.
1: <laughs> so today's episode is Love Take Me Down to the Streets by Wings. April Fools. (laughs) Got him. Yeah, got you. Today's episode is actually the songs of the hit comedy role models. So to find out what was happening in the world when the movie came out, it's my turn again. So I'm taking you back to November 2008, and it was turbulent times. Events included countries around the world entering recessions. Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson were promoting the release of their new movie, Twilight. New Zealand had claimed the Rugby League World Cup. And Craig David released the first of presumably many Greatest Hits <laughs> albums. <laughs> <laughs> what, what would Craig David call his Greatest
2: Hits? Seven Days.
1: Oh, it should be something like that. Rewind is surely what it should be called. Oh yeah, it
0: should be called E-E-E-Wind. And then every single time he does a new one, it has an extra like E-E-E at the beginning.
2: Terribly, his Greatest Hits is called Greatest Hits. But it contains Boom. three new songs. What are you doing, Craig? <laughs> That's not how it works.
1: Maybe he's just really confident about them. Or was, because this is 13 years ago.
2: Yeah, <laughs> where he was at the height of his,
1: of his fame. The biggest news story of the month, however, was the landmark US presidential election, which saw Democrat Barack Obama beat Republican John McCain. Annoyingly, Ben has already spoken about this news when he did the Slumdog Millionaire episode. Curse you, Ben. All the news is actually just news that will happen in January 2009. you got to dig deeper. Like, literally, my next piece of news is actually about January 2009. <laughs> Hit me. In the UK, small rumblings grew to big worries in the business world as High Street favourite Woolworths was about to collapse, but it didn't actually collapse until the very beginning of January 2009. Hmm. Hmm.
2: Good Good month.
1: In which, of course, we know it did. We need to decide who was at fault. I've got three possible candidates here. I want to hear what you think. So, was it the shop for its high prices?
2: Mm, all I ever got from Woolworths was Penny Sweets, so I'm going to go now.
1: Was it Woolworths' refusal to adapt to an increase in online market? Oh,
2: okay. They did have a website, though, that you could order from. Is they this going to be a, all of the above?
1: Or was it Alex for continually <laughs> stealing sweets from the pick-and-mix stand? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I never did that. I'm not that kind of guy. It,
1: it's fine. It's, it's past the uh, Statue of Limitation, Alex. You can tell you know, <laughs> of <beef laughs> <now. laughs>
2: um, I mean, yeah,
1: all of the above. Do, do we even miss Woolworths? Because I don't.
2: No. I, I, I do miss the penny sweets. I know you can get them at other various <laughs> locations, but it just doesn't feel the same. It was very pricey, wasn't
0: it? Like everywhere was full retail, rather than like most places where it's like ten pound below full retail.
1: Yeah, I remember going into Orbs to buy a copy of Pokemon Pearl. I think it was, or maybe Heart Gold, and it was fifty pound. <coughs> when I could walk across the shopping center to Game Station and get it for thirty five pound. Yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that Game Station killed that individual Orbs. <laughs> i i used to buy many knock off wrestling action figures from there <laughs> uh, like really really cheap ones that were like 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 a bit next to those finger skateboards do you remember them
0: oh yeah oh yeah those
2: prime wars. yeah 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 slightly cold <laughs> steve austin
0: the other thing I really remember <laughs> from Woolworths was, like, small cans
2: of pop. Oh, yeah? Well, that... Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah? Jeez. Like you get like, two sips, get, like, two <laughs> sips from it and still want more. You'll buy, like, six of them, which is more <laughs> expensive than one can. I think you're getting more, more for your, more for your buck. I think Pound Stretcher also killed this thing. In fact, many things killed Woolworths.
1: So, at the cinema, you could see such movies as Disney's Bolt, streaming now on Disney Plus, Sponsors. <laughs> Daniel Craig's second outing as 007 in Quantum of Solace, and a topic for a future episode of that song from that movie, High School Musical 3, <laughs> Senior Year, brackets, streaming now on Disney Plus sponsor us, close brackets.
0: Respecting those brackets.
1: Respect the brackets. I think that's become a catchphrase of this podcast. <laughs> but more importantly, or most importantly, maybe, November 2008 saw the release of Role Models. So it was directed by David Wayne, who co-wrote the movie with Timothy Dowling, Paul Rudd and Ken Marino. After salesmen Danny and Wheeler, played by Paul Rudd and Sean Williams-Scott respectively, trash a company truck, the court gives them a choice, jail time or community service. Opting for the latter, the pair find themselves assigned to a mentoring programme in which they're paired with an introverted teenager who is experiencing the first pangs of love, played by Christopher mintz and a foul-mouthed fifth grader who needs an attitude adjustment, played by Bob E. J. Thompson. So I know for certain that you two have seen this movie. Mm -hmm. So what do you guys think of it?
0: I'm guessing you're referencing for absolute certain because we all saw it together at the cinema.
1: (laughs) Correct, yes. And we
0: went, I remember this thing, we went after a night out. Like, we were out in the city centre. And it must have been, like, midnight or something. We were like, let's go to the cinema. And
2: this was, like, the only film that was on. Wasn't it for our 18th birthday or something like that?
0: Oh, I don't know if it was exactly that. It was, that's
2: why it was around then.
1: Yeah, it must have been around then because... It was still showing in the UK in January. And that's when your birthday would have been. Pretty sure we just...
2: I'm pretty sure we just left the casino. I think it was that night.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, we all have seen this film together. Um, I've also seen it about 50 times since on respective channels, such as ITV2, 5 Star, possibly Film 4, <laughs>
2: <laughs> and the rest.
0: So yeah, so I was thinking about this film and um, at the time, there's kind of like loads of this kind of buddy comedy film where there there's sort of two comic actors that you'd seen in something else that they decided to like squish together in like a mm-hmm. concept yep. film. But this one, unlike the rest of them, which were all generally naff, this one seems to get it like perfect. Everything seems to fall in line with this one. And it just like really works. (laughs) (laughs) I can't describe it. It's like and you'd explain what the film is to somebody and think that's going to be terrible. That is going to be terrible. And then they watch it like this is like, I'm just living for this film. I just love this film.
1: (laughs) I also love this film. It's lightning in a bottle. What about you, Ben?
2: Yeah, a lot of the same. I do very much enjoy this. It is, uh, I guess, of the classic emotionally stunted men learn, hey, maybe a little bit of emotions is okay, but not too much. But just a little bit is okay. And that's a, enough progression for the for a late noughties kind of comedy film. And we have Sean William Scott playing the quintessential emotions out for me kind of guy. Playing Sean William Scott, basically. What a range he's got. What a range. Yeah, he has had what I would call a career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think I wouldn't go much further than that. <laughs> There's a few people in this. I mean, Christopher Mensblas has very much had a career of playing McLovin. <laughs> and, that, and he's gone. He's gone now. He was in the Bad Neighbours films, and I think he slightly pushed the boat out there.
0: it's also Ken uh, Chong as well. Is not it, isn't it? But this, I think this is yeah. the first thing that I saw him in, probably. But I didn't realise it was him until
2: I saw him in When you When was The Hangover out? Because he's in The Hangover, isn't he? I think that must have been just after this. But obviously, he was also in like, Community and stuff roughly around the same time. Yeah, it's 2009, yeah. so yeah, you are probably right.
1: The critics agreed it got generally positive reviews, with a score of 77% on Rotten Tomatoes, which... It's criminally low, in my opinion. It needs to be somewhere around the 90%. It's
0: also surprising in some ways, though, isn't it? Yeah, you, yeah. Well, this, is, this is it with this film. Like A lot of critics and stuff probably didn't even watch the film. It's that kind of thing where they're like, well, this is just probably going
2: to be the middle of the road 50%.
1: Yeah, they just took their review from knocked up and just changed the oh, names.
2: Yeah. Exactly. How, yeah, to to it off that. How is this not a Judd Apatow film? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I was surprised as well.
2: I'd <laughs> have put my money on it.
1: I often enjoy reading negative reviews of movies that I like. Well, or love in this case. Because I like to make fun of these people for being wrong. <laughs> so I picked one out, which is from a person called Megan Basham for the outlet called World. Hmm. Ever heard of that?
0: Nope. The World,
1: yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, the, not the, I didn't say the.
0: Oh, you didn't? Sorry, Sorry, World. No, I like
1: that. I'll give you the, the, their tagline, which is Sound Journalism Grounded in Facts and Biblical Truth.
2: Oh, okay. Okay, can see they might have had a few problems with this already.
1: This quote was how it ended. The cringe-inducing moments will offend anyone who isn't an adolescent boy and will likely keep Paul Rudd from seeing the same box office success as Jack Black. Oops.
2: (laughs) You want to write to her?
1: Paul Rudd was never seen in a successful movie at the box office ever again. Although saying that, making a reference to Endgame, and now realize that that's no longer the most successful film of all time.
2: It's not, isn't it? Avatar's back on top.
1: Starring Jack Black, so last laugh on him, I guess. What? That was a joke. <laughs>
0: I was genuinely racking my brains. I was <laughs> So I couldn't remember <laughs> that.
2: Jake Sully. <laughs> I should not pronounce Noulet. I and mean, then just the guitar solo. <laughs> <laughs> Avatar 2. Avatar 2. School of Rock Crossover. Writes <laughs> <laughs> itself.
1: So Role Models was a low budget, twenty-eight million dollars and made a hundred million at the box office. Very good. Which is a fantastic return. Yes. Somehow I stumbled upon the how much it got in DVD sales by the month ending June two thousand nine, which was a further forty million. Wow. Wow. Just under half of its Box office budget, it got back again in DVD sales in less than a year.
0: Those people couldn't predict the following year when it would be
2: on TV every single Sunday (laughs) afternoon.
1: But what about if you want to watch it on a Saturday? (laughs) Oh, good point.
2: (laughs) You'd have it on DVD, but you'd still watch it on TV. I still don't understand that phenomenon.
1: Yeah, I have this on DVD. Weirdly, I bought it at a Haven caravan site.
2: Nothing weird about that, dude. Haven sponsors.
1: (laughs) So before we um, move on to songs or anything else, there is one moment in this film we have to discuss. Alex has demanded this without even telling me.
0: <laughs> you just sense it burning within my chest.
1: So I'm not even going to describe it. I'm just going to pass the reins of the podcast over to Alex for 10 minutes. Off you go.
0: <laughs> right, okay. So there's a scene in the middle of this film where the character that Wheeler's looking after... I've forgotten the character's name, actually. Ronnie. Ronnie. Is that a part he's been invited to by Wheeler for some unknown reason? I can't really remember. But he's playing... <laughs> Pro Evolution Soccer, I think two thousand it must be two thousand and seven or eight, I guess, based on the film's time. Must be. Yeah. I think it's on the Xbox three sixty as well. Just gonna put that as an additional note. Where one of the guys playing him or hit or, or Ronnie himself scores a goal and celebrates, but it's a replay. It's a replay of a goal that they previously <laughs> scored on the game. And it's a fact that both me and D separately, I believe, picked up on and it seems like such a trivial thing, but it really annoys me.
2: I'm shocked how often this happens in films. It's the goal that they think they can get away
0: with out Yeah,
2: I know, that is that is the main thing. I expected that Ronnie and Extra in that scene
0: <laughs> were, should have been playing an actual game and they should have kept recording it until somebody's <laughs> gone. If I was filming it, yeah. that's how I would have done it, for realism.
1: <laughs> what makes it worse is they're doing the classic like sitcom Game controller holding where they're just mashing every button, yeah, like regardless it around, of what's happening. Yeah, <laughs> lifting
0: it above there. turning left and right. <laughs> yeah,
2: oh, that is how my granddad used to play golf games on the PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> it's because he'd seen role models, probably.
1: Ben had actually done the shot previously, and mm-hmm. his granddad was just re- reacting to the replay. That's exactly
0: <laughs> it. <laughs> it's the one dark moment in the film for me. It's the one dark. <laughs> sure, sure, Ben. It is. It's, it's a film of, like... It's, yeah, we'll just Leave it there. Leave it there. Leave
2: it there. It's a film.
1: It's a film. <laughs> but it ruins the illusion. It you you realise this, this is not real life. This is a movie. <laughs> I don't want to know it's a movie. I want to be immersed.
0: <laughs> there are some real standout scenes. Like, the whole, uh, sort of kiss, um... War games thing that they do at the end. I can't, I can't remember. Like Lime. like lerp, yeah. Live action role <laughs> they, used to call, but... they also call it lerp's at my university.
1: <laughs> I, I was
2: at playing football at your university once, and we saw them on the field playing.
0: Yeah, and they, they were sort of running down a hill with with yeah, swords yeah. and I was like, To be honest, we were all kind of watching a little bit else It's the sort of thing that you don't want to be in that in that moment. You wouldn't want yeah, to have yeah, had to prepare. In...
2: <laughs> also, in like a vacuum, knowing no one's watching me, and no one will ever know. <laughs> I know I'd absolutely love it, but I just never want to talk about it.
0: My, my, my absolute favourite moment, I don't know if you remember the de- the specifics of it then, but there was a girl who was like stood at the back and it was like, she wasn't doing anything. And then all of a sudden she like sprang across the field like a cat and like dived on a man. I do, yeah, I do, yeah.
2: I don't think that was in the game, Alex. <laughs> oh. The ambulance arrived soon afterwards.
1: So we'll move on to the songs. I've picked out three, whittled it down. Because there's quite a few songs in this film, but we don't want to be here all day, do we? Do we?
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So we'll start with the reason why we're doing this episode. The hilarious April Fool's joke at the beginning of the podcast that everybody laughed at, including you, the listener. Peppered throughout the film is the song, Love Take Me Down, open brackets, to the street, closed brackets, performed by the band, Not Wings. My first fact, if you're ready for this, the song is not performed by Paul McCartney. And all Wings. It says hold for shock on my notes here. Mm-hmm. Hold. So the song was written by Charles Ganza, who was a composer on the film, and A.D. Miles, who plays Martin in the film, as in the person who works for the mentoring program who's been doing it for years.
0: The one that keeps saying that the song is by Wings. Oh, kind of make- oh really? <laughs> right.
1: He kept referencing the song that he wrote. The singer, the actual recorded studio performance, is a guy called Joey Curatolo who is a Paul McCartney sound alike and a member of the Beatles tribute band Rain, a tribute to Beatles, who play in Las Vegas. I reached out to him to see if I could get him <laughs> oh, to record something for him. the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievably, no response. Oh,
2: that is really sad. Unbelievably. Did you reach out to Paul McCartney as well? <laughs> yeah, he was much more willing.
1: Um, I didn't reach out to Paul McCartney, no. That's my bad.
2: What about the other Wings members, such as... Um, Go on. Go on, then. Um... Go on. Yeah. It's, it's, it... I don't even know if it was a real band. What do I know anymore?
1: So go on then. What do you think of this song? Is it your favourite Wings song? Maybe also a point question to ask.
2: I have
0: actually put in my notes, so catchy, it might be Wings' best song.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely up there, isn't it?
0: What is so amazing about the song? And it is amazing. It's like how much like the wings it sounds. Yeah. <laughs> I know that sounds silly, yeah. but just everything about it, like the tempo changes, the the yell, like the Paul McCartney kind of yell they throws in there at one point. It's just, it's just like it's so. It couldn't be more perfectly a wing song when it plays at the end. I think myself and probably everyone listening to it thinks, oh, I, oh my god, I actually was a wing song. That's oh, how yeah. I said it. <laughs> they reacted when I first heard it. I was like, "Oh God, there was a wing song." I don't. Get That's weird. <laughs> and then it's something when you when you look afterwards and it's like, no, it's a joke because <laughs> it genuinely sounds like it is. Then
2: it really confused me. It really confused me. Even with Dee's understanding of what we were doing this episode, it still really confused me.
1: Yeah, it's it's sort of the secret of this song and why it's so good is that it's not really like a. It's more like a genre parody of Wings rather than like taking. A, a, I'm struggling to think of a Wings song. Let
0: die. Band on
1: the run. Uh, Band on the yeah. Band on the run's a good example. Yeah, it's, it, it's not. It's not like a re- lyric rewrite like Weird Al Yankovic. It's more just this sounds like any Wings song.
0: Yeah, it has the feeling of Band on the Run actually. Like it's like it's almost a homage to in a lot of ways. Like that's kind of what they've taken as inspiration. But like, say, it's not like a, they've not rewritten lyrics over the top. It would have probably been the easy way to go. They've actually just formed a song. <laughs> But it's just the gang is just hilarious, so it just peppers it through the film. Like <laughs> yeah. said, and then just comes, it just appears at the end in the credits as if it was just a real song. It's uh, it's so underrated as a joke.
2: Best kind.
1: Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you'll get when you include one. Apply today to become a member and be immediately connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co, P-O-D-G-O dot co, And make sure to tell them that that song from that movie sent you. So there is a small Mandela effect with this song. A lot of people, when I've been researching this, think it was a genuine wing song. As we sort of mentioned, we thought it was as well. But that's not the Mandela effect I want to talk about, because that one's obvious and boring. What I wanted to say is I've got my own Mandela effect with this, is that I distinctly remember reading a quote about this song from Paul McCartney himself. Yes,
0: I, I was going to mention this.
1: What What's the quote you think it is? Well, was?
0: I, I had a feeling that I'd read something somewhere that Paul McCartney said that if they'd have contacted him to write a song for it, he would have he would have written one. That's what I have in my head.
1: That's exactly what I think. I swear I read that Paul McCartney said that he liked it and he, he thought he's, the only disappointment was it wasn't that he didn't record it himself. Yeah. But I cannot for the life of me find that quote or that interview or that clip or that tweet anywhere. God. So I'm starting to think that I made it up. I'm sure
0: I've read that somewhere though. I don't know where. I didn't read it today because I didn't look it up, but I, I was th- I was thinking coming into this, I was like, oh yeah, I'm sure Deal mentioned the fact that Paul McCartney said that he would have
2: done the song because I'm sure I've read that somewhere. That's such a weird phenomenon, isn't it? That kind of just, so many people remember something and it just didn't exist. Yeah, like the movie Shazam. The, the movie Shazam is real? <laughs> <laughs> is that the one where Shaq plays the genie? <laughs> yes, it <laughs> is. <laughs> is the Marilyn Manson thing Mandela effect the, about his ribs? I think it might be. Because yeah. that's that's one that I have had the conversation so many with so many people and I've never seen any evidence of it anywhere. The less said about him the better.
1: Yeah, true actually. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I spent a good hour searching, thinking of every single combination of the phrase Paul McCartney quote role models or Paul McCartney quote love to take me down, wings, anything I just could not find it. The only thing it could be in is in like a magazine and because it was two thousand eight that was a thing, and now it's two thousand twenty one and it's not a thing.
0: My thought was that maybe it was on... Someone had put it on Wikipedia or something. And we've both seen it there and it's
1: since been removed. Oh, that's a good shout. Yeah. Ah, I didn't check the Wikipedia history. I'm usually really good at doing that. Get on it. Ah, Come on, internet.
0: Internet, find out. Find the answer.
1: In in fact, if it's not there, let's just... Add it. As a collective audience, (laughs) let's let's add it and let's all just agree that he said that. (laughs) (laughs) That's how facts do work nowadays. Yeah. We'll move on. The song does appear multiple times in the movie. Characters often sighing it as their favourite wind song, etc. But it also appears in another movie after this. What? Really? A movie called Wonderlust, which is by the same director. And it also has Paul Rudd in it, surprisingly, and Jennifer Aniston. They go to a commune and it's the song that's been sang all together. <laughs> well, I'll move on to the next song. So this song is sort of a proxy song we'll use for all the other Kiss songs in the movie. It is Love Gun by rock and roll legends Kiss. Kiss music plays a large part in this movie, appearing many, 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 many times and giving inspiration for many scenes and eventually the conclusion of the movie, which we've already sort of referenced. So what do we think of the song Love Gun?
0: Well, I think he's talking about his dick.
1: <laughs> ah, right. Okay. <laughs> so I hear.
2: <laughs> We're listening to it back and it was like a lyric video and you just you just looking at the lyrics and you're like... It's like you re- wrote it on the toilet. It's so, it's just so lazy. It's just very, very basic.
0: I th- I actually thought quite similar, actually, Ben's because I, when, when I, w- I watched the scene first where they discussed that he's singing about his dick, and uh, I was like, oh, I'm going to read the lyrics because I'm sure they'll be quite funny. But they actually weren't. They no, were just quite. No. They were just so generic yeah. and, and, and yeah. like, crap. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't actually have anything to say on it. Although that has now turned into me saying this, so there you go, it was worth mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it basically just amounts to the gun is around his hip area. Yeah, yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah pull Major... the trigger of my love gun.
2: You know, no, no offense to Kiss, but are they just a the presence? Like, I know they've got, I know, I can name like maybe like four or five songs, but are they just famous because of the guys in face paint? I know they had a career like in the mid '80s where they didn't have face paint, but are they just the guys with face paint? I think essentially, like in fact, I've I've like heard and stage about performances. Kids.
0: Well, yeah, because I've heard stuff about kids before, and the album that made them famous was actually like a live album because they became famous because of their stage shows and, and clearly their presence in the makeup. But I, I think they, they they didn't become a big thing. Just on their music alone, and I think mm. that's clear when you listen to the songs. <laughs> yeah, basically <laughs> but they're also like and, they're a band, not even yeah, quite anthemic, so. are they? But I mean, they, they... no, but they are stadium songs, aren't they? Yeah, that's a, that's a better term for it—a stadium song. In
2: fact, I always think of their videos, yeah. like even—is um, it Crazy World? Was it Crazy World? Was it Crazy Nights? Crazy Nights. Yeah, I mean that's post makeup, but it's just them on stage, just like bouncing it out a bit, like living on a prayer style. Maybe that's just mm. what hair metal was. But yeah, I've also heard similar that it was just pyrotechnics, like floating uh, drum sets, uh, fireworks coming out of your guitar, and maybe other parts of your body, and a long tongue.
1: Yeah, I'm the same. I sort of appreciate their legacy and how they look. Yep. But I'm not going to listen to a Kiss song. Probably no. What's the best Kiss song? Uh, I was made for loving you. <laughs> Is that, that's the disco one, right? Yeah. Yeah, the disco one. Yeah. It's quite
0: good though. It's quite catchy. <laughs> Yeah, rock, rock and roll. I night. imagine most people say rock and roll and night. Although I do like Str- Strutter, actually, was the one that it's like, because it was on there it was one of the... I think it was on guitar or two, maybe.
2: Strutter! <laughs> Crazy <laughs> Nights. I don't mind it.
0: <laughs> so basically what you're saying, which Kiss song don't we like? Once, once Peter Crane, once <laughs> Peter Chris left. Well, it's funny you mentioned Peter Chris because I think he's going to come back in a big way when we talk about the last song. But it is from my perspective.
1: So, yeah, I guess I better say some more stuff about Love Gun. Seeing as uh, none of us really care about Kiss and... Uh, This is a spoiler for any Bill and Ted 2 episode we do in the future. We don't care for Kiss. Love Gone gone on to be a Kiss staple, with band member Paul Stanley saying it's his personal favourite. Despite this, and despite its legacy, the song did not perform well in the charts at the time, which was 1977. It made it into two charts in the world. The Billboard, where it reached number 61. Does that count as being in the charts? I don't think so. Um... Do you?
0: They do a top 100 early in the US.
2: In the US, yeah. Billboard Hot 100. So I suppose.
1: Nah, yeah, top five. It's, it's only top, top five. What a weird number to have. 40? Well, what about if I told you it reached all the way to the dizzying heights of 41 in Canada? Oh,
2: well, well, yeah, again, I mean, if it, if it was one higher, it would be, you know, it's worth talking about.
1: But it's not worth talking about. Nope, move on. So we'll move on to the final song, which is Beth, performed by Paul Rudd. I'm, I'm just going to get this out of the way now, and Alex sort of already referenced this. I had absolutely no idea when I was doing my research that this was a, a kiss song. No, I didn't. <laughs> right, honestly, I just assumed it was an original song.
0: That makes sense because when you when you listed it in the in the group chat, it was by Paul Rudd. I was like, well, <laughs> it's a kiss song? It's just like it's a spe- like he changes the lyrics. I think doesn't he? But it is a kiss song.
1: Yeah, which makes sense because he's singing it like he's just thinking of it off the top of his head. <laughs> why well, though? It was, and that's why it didn't really fit in the melody and. There's not much of an actual, like, there's no musicality to it. It's just a, a slight pling, pling, pling on a, <laughs> I don't know, a lute. lute. <laughs> Sp- Speaking of
2: Kiss videos, have you seen the video to this song? Yes, that's what I wanted to speak
1: about. <laughs> I have not known. <laughs> what the hell
2: is going on there? <laughs> it was so weird. It's so weird. Do you, you have got to logic? set the lead on this. How would you describe it, Alex?
0: Well, there's a part at the beginning where it looks like they're in sort of a record shop as I mean. It's like they're putting pictures of the pe- the members of kiss like on a table. <laughs> And then it like goes into the pages, and there's a woman wearing a security pass, which I never really got to the bottom of. And she's like sort of sat next to a fountain. And the Members of Kiss, I just sort of sat there behind her in
2: full makeup, <laughs> like like the them. ghosts of Christmas past. Like she so... does, does, she see oh them? God. This is weird. Does she see them? But like they're just kind of like singing very solemnly because the song's quite sol- uh, solemn, somber. And she's just sitting there looking quite melancholic. And they're just very much sort of in full, you know, Kiss gear. <laughs> but it's like it looks like it's
0: outside of like a front hotel or yeah something.
2: yeah basically and like she walks off and they just kind of like it's almost like a collective sigh as they carry on singing this song it's so weird compared to their usual yes yeah, sort of you know all guns all singing all dancing performances it looks like they don't really know what to do with their hands either because they haven't got their instruments and peter chris appears
0: to be the one singing the song that's why i referenced it <laughs>
2: yeah
1: so back to the film yeah <laughs> What do we think of the Paul Rudd version of Beth, better or worse?
2: I mean, I didn't, I didn't get it until like, I mean, maybe it felt it would have hit differently if I realised that was a kiss song. I thought he was just singing a cringy song, and I wanted it to get over and done with. Oh, really? Awkwardness in films makes me feel awkward. <laughs> I thought it was quite a funny, quite a funny
0: scene. I think I, I don't know whether I knew it was a kiss song or whether I was assumed that it was because of the kiss references throughout. It does seem a bit like like odd because he's sort of like fitting the lyrics in, but obviously he's making those most of the lyrics up. But I felt like the the beginning refrain of it sounded like a proper song, which it is. So like the first yeah. verse is part of the song, and the rest is obviously made up for the film. Mention of the Whispering Eye, of course, uh, in yeah. the lyrics. I enjoyed the part about Tim Robbins and
1: Susan Sarandon. Tim and Sue. Yes, I've, I've, got, a, <laughs> I've got a section on that. I love so, you. Go for it. Of the entire film, and it's like a film full of one-liners and and stuff like that. The delivery of the line from Shaw William Scott saying good actors might be one of the funniest moments in cinema history. <laughs> it makes no sense. Like, it's just um, off the back of Danny comparing him and Beth to Tim Robbins and Susan Sarandon. And he, he just he just jumps in, says good actors, and then shiftily looks off camera... <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is weird. It really caught it really caught my ears when I was watching it earlier as well. So like, this is so unusual. Such an odd line to just throw in the middle of the song like that. I think it was like they didn't want the full thing just to be him singing, so to keep doing it. There's a couple of sides, isn't there? In there, but this one just feels yeah. so weird. And then straight afterwards, Paul just goes, "Tim and Sue." <laughs>
1: yeah, I did enjoy that. Oh god. I-, I want to know why he said it and why he looks <laughs> off camera. Like because he. He's looking at behind the camera at somebody and laughing, like and having to like cover up his smirk with like taking in, like a swig of beer. Oh, it's so good. I, me and my wife reference it all the time. <laughs> like if we if we see Tim Robbins and Susan Sarandon on TV, we'll go good actors. It,
0: it does. It feels a bit like an in joke, doesn't it? Like he's joking with someone. Yeah. They've they've
2: got they've said something about Susan Sarandon or Tim Robbins at some point. That's what it feels like. It's just all. It's just really weird. A lot of this film was it was improv though, wasn't it in the script? So uh, it could have easily have been that, that they were just having a good laugh.
1: Probably was an in-joke at some point. And now it's my joke. And
2: now we're all part of that joke.
1: Much like we're all collectively part of the Paul McCartney lie. Did (laughs) I say lie? It's completely true. (laughs) Paul McCartney, Paul M, little c, u. Does that work? Probably not. Are you trying to make a a Marvel (laughs) Paul McCartney crossover?
2: It'll work. Delete it. Uh,
1: Come on, we can do this. We can do this. Uh... and it's
2: a Paul McCartney u, but it's Paul M, little c, u. Yeah.
1: Avengers Wing yeah. Infinity War.
2: <laughs> Wingfinity War. Infinity War. Move on, D. Move on.
1: <laughs> okay, we'll move on to Ben's Wing- segment. Wings to, <laughs> 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 wings to Soldier.
2: Sorry. Wings to Soldier. Oh, man. So, yes, we have talked plenty about Paul Rudd, but it, the other staple of this cast, Sean William Scott, is, as we've already said, he's a man of many faces, covered various different roles, character actor, achieved many accolades of the heights that could be achieved as a actor, or thespian, if he is sometimes known as. But he's actually, I think for box office, for an actor, he's sitting around a healthy 1,000th of all time. So that's not too bad. But I'm asking you, what are, and I want them in order, the top five grossing Sean William Scott movies. For this, I am going to say that Of films that he is part of a franchise, we'll count them as one, because otherwise this would be two films in one list. (laughs) American Pie. I'm not going to tell you until you put all five in order.
0: Okay. Oh, Oh, that's all we have to actually figure out what they are. I mean, I was going to say
1: Welcome to the Jungle, maybe. That can be in the top five, surely. I actually think
0: it probably will because it was quite a big film at the time with him, and the Rock. No, I mean he hasn't okay. really been in that many big films, I can think.
2: Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. Sorry, sorry, sure I will period. say he's had at least thirty films that have grossed at least ten thousand dollars. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so he's in. He's in Jackass three. Oh, of course. Successful. Okay, right, okay. Goon. He was in Goon. Are, Are we counting? Ja-
2: can we count Jackass three? Well, I'm guessing he's, he's playing himself. Is he an actor? He's playing himself in everything. Well, fair, fair.
0: The film that's really coming to my mind is Bulletproof Mug.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Yes. Good
1: shout. Good shout.
2: <laughs> Could that be in the top five? <laughs> Just because you like it, Alex.
0: The thing the thing that we don't do, role models, made 100 million. Yeah. Um, so American Pie is going to be number one. I think we can agree on that. Has to be. I can't I think of it, it. If all the
1: franchise ones are together. I can't. It has yeah. to be number one. Yeah, yeah.
0: I can't think of any of the big franchises or anything like that he's been in where that would make, you know, it's usually just individual films as far as I can
2: it's think. Probably, it's probably because he's playing Steve Stifler in all the other films he's in and you're forgetting them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I know where we're going with this. We're thinking about him, but we're not thinking about like animated movies. Onto something, Onto he's something. Done, like Madagascar or something like that. <laughs>
2: what is it? So he's so in an animated film? He's in one, go on, come on.
1: Um, I guess it's not Madagascar then. No. Oh wait, then you're not Ice Age. Uh, no. Yes, it must be based on that reaction.
0: It's in Ice Age.
1: I don't remember that. <laughs> I a... imagine if it was just Sean William Scott playing himself.
2: <laughs> Ice Age Three: The uh, Return of the Dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, a big fan of this, of this franchise. Was it in Ice Age? Was it an Ice Age? Come on. Give me five. give me five films. Give me five films.
0: Okay, so American Pie, number one, T.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I
0: think. I, think, I think Welcome to the Jungle might be near the top, but... We...
1: I don't think it's going to be anywhere near the top ten. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, well, about dude Where's my car.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a good shout.
2: I <laughs> like how you're saying good shout, because you're remembering <laughs> a Sean Williams Scott film.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, I have no idea if he did well at the box office. I'm just remembering films. That's got to be number two.
2: That's got to be number two.
0: Evolution number three, maybe that was quite a big film at the time. I don't know. Ice, no, Ice Age, Ice Age two. So Pie one, Ice Age two, Duda's My Car three. Um I don't know, but
1: before <laughs> <laughs> there was two goon films, so that must have done well enough to get a second oh, one. I see. okay. Uh So goon fourth, Evolution fifth.
2: So you is that you're you setting it in? Yeah, go on. Yeah, go for it. Right. Okay. So you got none right in the order. Oh world. No. Oh. oh, Ice
0: Age was number one then. Presumably. Ice Age was number one. Oh, of course one. it so
2: was. So Ice yeah. Age: Dawn of the Dinosaurs, which I have no <laughs> idea where that comes in. The made eight hundred and eighty-six million worldwide. Yikes! Poor. Next is obviously the American Pie franchise. The highest grossing. Which one would you guess is Reunion? American two? Pie two. Yeah. Made two hundred and eighty-six million. So four Ice Age films before an American Pie film. Then all the American Pie films. Then after that, not counting Jackass three D. Is road trip? Mm. Is he in that? I don't know if he's in <laughs> that. Apparently, he plays someone called El
1: Sean Will Em Scott. Uh, uh, yeah, Final
2: destination mean. next? I didn't remember he was in Final Destination. Yeah, his head gets cut off in the, by a train, like a piece of metal underneath a train. And the last next one is the Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> Oh, of course,
0: of course, in we really *The We did really bad yeah, on that.
2: a lot of the films next would have come up. Which ones we were saying, but yeah, I'm surprised.
0: Dude, dude where's my car? Wasn't higher
2: than Dude's. No, first. we're going way further down, and then okay. we're going into films like *Bulletproof Monk is <laughs> near the bottom, just slightly ahead of *Goon*. Where well, was *Welcome to the Jungle*? It's probably not got. It's what's its American the name? *The Rundown*. Yeah, it's around the ten, just after *Old School*, just ahead of *Dude, Where's My Car*. His lowest grossing film is a film called Just Before I Go, which grossed $10,000 worldwide.
0: <laughs> that was the hardest top five I think we've ever had to do.
1: Good. So we'll move on to the ultimate question, which is this week. What is the best song of the hit comedy role models? Ben, do you want to go first this week?
2: What is the best song of those? Um, yeah, it's the Not Wings song. The oh, Take Me Down.
1: Agreed. Alex?
2: Yeah,
0: not only is it the best Wings
1: song,
2: it's also the best song in this film.
1: It really is the best Wings song.
2: <laughs> it's the one that goes around in my head. Is that saying something about how good this song is, or just how bad the Wings back catalogue is? Well,
0: it's funny, because when we did the James Bond episode, we were all raving about how good Live and May Die was, and its I think it won the 70s, and now we're saying it's not even as good as the song by the band pretending
1: to be the Wings. I <laughs> mm. uh, stand by that. Okay, so that brings an end to another episode of that song from that movie. Let us know which song you think is the best one on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at TSFTMPod. You can help out the podcast in many ways, including sharing this on a random subreddit. Uh, Alex, what should the random subreddit be this week?
0: I think it should be on the Paul McCartney subreddit, and we should be getting to the bottom of whether he said what we all believe that he did say. And that seems like the first place to start.
1: I think that's a good shout. I mean, he did say it, we've agreed, right? Well, we know he said he did it, but it. we just need to find the record of it. The other ways you can help the podcast is on Patreon, buying our merch. Links on our social media. The best way you can help us is by giving us a five-star review, preferably on iTunes, because it is the biggest platform out there. But anywhere, really, on the street, if your love takes you down to the street, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> ben, have you given us a five-star review yet? Um, I'll get round to it. You say this every week.
2: Because I'll get round to it. Is anyone walking by your house, Ben? Shout it on them now. I can't see.
0: <laughs>
2: I looked. I looked. <laughs> that's that's good enough for me. Yeah, exactly.
1: So all that's left now is to do some goodbyes. It's goodbye from myself, goodbye, and goodbye from Alex.
0: Me and the judge have a special relationship. I don't want to get too grappy, but I used to suck <laughs> his dick for drugs.
1: <laughs> oh, and goodbye from Ben. Suck it, reindeer games. So goodbye everybody. Bye.
2: <laughs>
0: Take down to the streets.